When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Hello and welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. As you can see, we are apart this week, but they cannot keep us apart. The wonders of the internet means we can do the podcast still and we decided to film it this week. Uh, we're in unprecedented times and really we can't quite believe, like all of you, what has happened in the last week. Definitely a really scary and worrying time. But we still want to talk about football, but we need to talk about the impact that coronavirus is having on football. And of course, we talk about Bristol City, so we're going to talk about that as well. So we sat here last week, Gregor, I think eight days ago and said, you know, what could happen with the Nottingham Forest situation? We didn't know at that point. And then it just snowballed really, really quickly to the point we're at now where all football is off. We've just found out until the end of April. That's just broken the last couple of minutes. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. What did you think about EFL saying the games were still going ahead last weekend and it took until Mikel Arteta was diagnosed with coronavirus for everything to be called off? Yeah, I, I think I know where you're going with this, and <laughs> I agree. I, th- I think it was a bit of a mess, really, because how can you go from just a few hours before saying we're going to carry on at regardless to then saying, OK, we're going to suspend football to the 3rd of April? So I just think, OK, Mikhail Arteta has got, might have the symptoms or he's got it, whatever. There's going to be other people affected, and surely that was always going to be the case. So, yeah, you, you're right. It just seems a, a bit of a mess the way it's all come about but um as you say it's snowballed and now it's to the end of april and i don't know about you but just one week in and i'm missing football already so much like so many people i know and yeah i I guess things are just moving so quickly and um it just seems like months and weeks ago then we actually had matches together and it was only as you said it was only a week ago we were covering possibly and looking ahead to the blackburn rovers game so yeah it's basically we've got six weeks only now and it's almost like we're having the summer break yeah uh, absolutely it's yeah yeah it's it's crazy and and by the way you know apologies if the quality of this podcast and the video aren't amazing but i'd imagine a lot of people are on home at home on the internet at the moment so we're doing our best gregor you're a bit blurry at the moment but um we know you're still there but like gregor said yeah absolutely it's it's a bizarre time to think now we don't have any football, like Gregor says, for six weeks. It seems a little trivial compared to obviously how, how serious the situation is. But people's livelihoods are being affected, aren't they, Gregor? Um, how are Bristol City going to cope with this? Just initially, what's your reaction how they're going to cope with this financially? Well, I spoke to a financial expert last weekend. That was uh, Kira McGuire, the price of football, does a great job covering finance in the game and he explained that basically at championship level clubs don't have too much to worry about even though they're likely to be affected a lot and they won't have the premier league finances on offer to clubs in the top tier and basically with bristol city you would expect uh, the, the the short-term losses because you, you're losing match day income which at this level equates to almost a third of the club's income most of the time 
And any shortfall there is likely to be made up by the Lansdowne family, who basically underwrite the losses for the club. Although over the long term, Bristol City's finances have been dictated by selling players. So things aren't really going to be changed there. But it does once again reaffirm how, how lucky Bristol City fans are to have the Lansdowne family behind them, uh, basically willing to um, front these costs. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of other clubs, you know, we've seen that Hearts are cutting or asking players and staff to cut their money by 50%. We've seen Barnet, although they're non-league, are laying off people. This is going to affect teams right across the football pyramid, isn't it? It is. And there's a lot of clubs, unfortunately, who don't have um, wealthy benefactors behind them that they can basically just ride the storm out. And I mean, even looking at Bristol Rovers just down the road, they're lucky because I think they've got uh, Whale behind them who's going to probably yeah. do the same thing as here. But not every club has got that. So, so yeah, if you're a Bristol City fan, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not the end for the club by any means or anything. And there are going to be tough times ahead. And in fact, they've announced financial packages already in the last couple of days, haven't they, to help out stricken clubs and we'll probably go into more detail on that but yeah certainly for Bristol City there isn't too much to worry about and um, from the club's point of view and um, obviously from a, a more micro level in terms of match day staff and playing staff that's obviously a, a slightly different issue but I, I guess we'll come on to that. Yeah talking of the club itself we've seen that players are training individually there seems to be some discrepancies in what each club is doing some clubs are saying we're bringing our players back in for training next week some premier league clubs aren't different clubs doing different things but we know that bristol city are all training separately at the moment how long do you think that will continue for and how hard is it going to be for them to maintain match fitness yeah, I mean, it's going to be very tough. I mean, first of all, according to my sources, uh, I checked in the other day and we believe that nobody, which is, this is good, nobody at Bristol City on the playing staff or the coaching staff has had any, has had any symptoms of coronavirus, which is great and touch wood, then that will continue to be the case. Um, in terms of the individual training, you're right, everybody's at home. It's been interesting to see all the videos that have come out. Hanno Masengo um, doing some ball skills and uh, some of the other guys as well. I think Bam Jeju has is, is, is got something coming up as well. Um, and it's great to see the guys keeping fit. I think Corey Smith was play, playing a little game in his house. Um, yeah, and they'll all have their own programmes. If you're just by way of sort of comparison, I know at Chelsea, I don't know if you saw this one, they've all been sent Watt bikes by the club. Oh, Watt know. bikes are painful. Have you <laughs> ever been on a Watt bike, Gregor? I haven't, no. I'll take no you're, you're, well, I would say you're missing out, but you're not. I mean, they're the sort of thing that can most definitely keep you fit, but they're they're really tough. And I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Do they have the right equipment? How much can they do? Everyone can go for a run because we have the road. And as far as I know, if you are um, trying to do your social distancing, you can still go for a run and things. But it's that short, sharp fitness, isn't it? Every single professional footballer is going to have this problem. Yeah, and... Just picking up on something that you was just saying, Michelle, about it's now been extended to the end of April that we're going to be without football. And the FA have confirmed that seasons can now um, continue past 1st of June. So we're likely going to see people playing through June. And I think um, the uh, UEFA said the other day they wanted everything to be rounded off by 30th of June. That's probably... That's not going to happen, bit, is it? Yeah. 
unlikely. I actually think in, in terms of for Bristol City, that, that is probably doable because they've only got these nine games left. But obviously, for clubs like Manchester City and other huge clubs involved in two, three competitions still, then, then, um, then yeah, th- th- there's a long way to go yet. And they're not going to cram all those matches in before the end of April. So, sorry, the end of June. So I do think we are going to be looking at a massively extended football season running beyond the end of June, probably into July. Um, but for Bristol City, it's not going to be um, too bad because, as I say, they've only got nine matches to run. Is that how you see it? Yes, it is. Just on a side note, are you on a boat? Because your camera is all over the place and everyone's going to be able to see this that's watching. So we're essentially recording this as a live podcast. Um, so Gregor looks like he's on a boat. Sorry if you're getting seasick. I think that they have to carry on as long as it takes. For me, you cannot avoid a season um, because if you did then how would you restart the next one no matter what happens the start of next season is probably going to be delayed in in some way if you carry on playing so carry on playing and and get the games in and if you had to if you needed to get the seasons back on track which they will need to do bearing in mind euro 2020 is now euro 2021 and they'll need things done and dusted by the start of june could they possibly condense next season and instead of playing home and away you just play every team once and you balance, this is what I've said in my column this week, you balance how many times you're home and away so it's split evenly. You know, is, is that an option, do you think, Gregor? Yeah, I, I think it is, but it depends on, on, on what level of the game and, um, yeah, we're just in unprecedented times, aren't we? And it's going to be a massive ache to try and basically... Uh, accommodate everybody and that's going to be the problem isn't it getting the whole of the football to align not just in this country across the world yeah across the world as you say and to then not really have a knock-on effect um next season either but i suppose we should point out that what the efl announced the other day was that the commitment that all clubs are going to basically try and complete this season. It's important to do that for sporting integrity-wise, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we we don't void the season, that you don't then run into legal arguments, as you say, that that basically could could run on forever and ever. So, so, yeah, we need to get the games done. We need to get them finished. That means then your Leeds United know if they're promoted or not. We know then if Bristol City can make the top six or not. It'd be grossly unfair if they cut things off now, wouldn't it? Because yeah. they've finished seventh and they couldn't be much closer to the top six. And they've, they've still got a pretty good chance if if matches do get going. So, yeah, completely agree. There's a, there's a long way to go, a lot of wrangles, but they do need to get things rounded off. What did you make of their decision to postpone Euro 2020? They didn't really have a choice, did they? No, absolutely agree. And I think that's the only way it's all going to happen. Obviously, we're now through to the end of April without any football. And then it's going to be a very short, kind of sharp, what, two months of football, I think, to get everything finished. And then we're almost into the next season straight away. So, and that's it. That's that's even with just a, a couple of weeks of pre-season or time off. Well, you know, actually, I wanted to ask you, so we've got another six weeks at the earliest before football is played, at the very earliest. Let's say we do go back at the end of April, start of May. What about a pre-season? Because there is no time 
for a preseason. There is no time for friendlies. There's no time to waste. So would every club just say, you know what, we're all in the same boat. We don't get a preseason. We play in whatever state the players are in because that surely is the only way. You can't have friendlies and things like that, can you? And also, you know, without sounding too negative, uh, if, you know, coronavirus is still around and people are still being very cautious, I'd imagine it would still be around the, the way things are going. You don't want to be playing friendlies. You just want to get the games done, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a massive kind of worms that we're going to come to later on down the line. And yeah, they're either going to have to have no pre-season. As you say, everybody agrees by that. Or they have a pre-season and we just condense the next season, which is a, a possibility, I guess. But then there's going to have to be some gifts somewhere. Could we lose international dates? That's <laughs> international weekends. That's personally what I would like to see. But <laughs> what about something like the League Cup? Could the League Cup be scrapped? Because uh, just for a season, just postponed for a season, because I know it is a good source of income for some clubs, but so many clubs don't even play their first 11. They play a second string team. Is, is that something that could be uh, factored in? Even the FA Cup? Definitely something to factor in. I I think it would m more likely move to midweek games like we've seen with the fifth round of the FA Cup recently. Um, no replays for certain one-legged um, one-legged semi-finals in the League Cup. I think maybe they could free up maybe three or four weeks. So I definitely think they'll be looking at that kind of uh, condens condensing of the season and trying to free up a few weeks later on uh, along the line. But it's all pie in the sky talk at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I. It's it's hard, isn't it? Because you don't want to speculate too much, and you don't want to scaremonger. But I would like to think we're not we're not scaremongering. We're just talking about yeah. every every possibility. But you know, in your time as a football journalist, of course, you've known nothing like this. But you know, this is a bit more of a, a general podcast this week. I think we're going to carry on the podcast as long as we can, aren't we? And, and we're going to talk in more detail as the weeks go on, as we get more information. But I just want to talk about. You know, obviously, we've got people at clubs that rely on football for their income, people that work match days, things like that. But football journalists, you know, sometimes they get a, a, a bad name and things like that when fans don't like what they're reporting and things. But this is their, their livelihood. You know, I know for me that I was going back for work to work for Sky. That was my plan. I was meant to be back at the weekend. And, you know, we're very fortunate that my husband is still working at the moment. But for a lot of people, this is money that's just completely cut off. But for freelancers that rely on it game by game, week by week, press by press conference, interview by interview, it's just gone. And no one could ever, ever have seen this coming. So I doubt there's any sort of insurance or anything like this in place, is there, Gregor? So what does the future hold for, for these people? I mean, do they, is it just a waiting game until football restarts? And of course, I, I will say we're talking about football here and we appreciate that so many people, their livelihoods are affected at the moment. But we are we are just focusing on football at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, widen out further and it affects so many people. And maybe one of the plus one of the positives at the moment is all the great stories we're seeing, all the community stuff that's happening. Um, I've just seen down the road, I think Bristol Rovers have announced some some community work they're doing to help local families. It'll be good to hear something similar from Bristol City. I'm sure they have got stuff going on and it'd be great to hear about that. Um, in, in terms of other clubs as well, you've got, um, well, yeah, not just clubs, I, I was thinking of Gary Neville and announcing his um, football hotel being used. Roman Abramovich putting the um, Chelsea Stadium up for uh, 
use for the NHS uh, workers in, in London. Fantastic cases, this. So at the same time, yeah, there, there are some good community stories coming out of it, positives as well. Um, I, just to turn it around slightly to Bristol City, and I, I know, obviously, I don't want to downplay any any of the safety elements and, and the bigger picture, which is, of course, that we need this suspension in football at the moment and it, mm. safety and looking after people is what is most important. But I do think, actually, in some regards, this enforced break comes at a good time for Bristol City in terms of uh, Benicophobe. Yeah, take the positives. Exactly. He could, I mean, he's been in light training. He would, we'd expect him, I think Lee Johnson said originally he was hoping he'd be available from April. So mm. he could well be back in full training next month and then raring to go if um, football resumes at the end of April in May. So that could be one bonus. Um, it's not obviously just for Bristol City and I would sort of caveat that by saying that there's other clubs obviously that are going to benefit from other players returning from injury and one of the big ones I was thinking of this week was uh, Blackburn Rovers and Bradley Dack who has been out for yeah. most of the season and Blackburn Rovers, of course, is the, the team Bristol City were due to play next. They could well have Dak in their lineup by the te- um, by the time the two sides meet. So all those fans thinking, yes, we're going to have a Fobe back, you've got to factor in that other clubs are going to benefit yeah. from that sort of thing as well. And just to turn it around to answering your question a little bit, Michelle, mm. in terms of the football in- industry, there's this massive can of worms about uh, contracts and yes, uh, yeah, uh, player contracts as well. Yeah. This is what I was thinking. Yeah, and basically uh, UEFA announced the other day they hoped to get the season done by June 30th because that's really when most football contracts run out and you're going to run into possibly legal minefields beyond that. Is there not just a way of it? Uh, call me naive, I'm not a legal expert, but... Is there not a way of extending a player's contract? For example, obviously Ashley Williams came in, his original contract was till January and they extended it. Could we not see players' contracts extended until the conclusion of the season? You know, all being well, they can be paid for that. And then if they want to leave, if they're a free agent, that applies from, you know, the start of the next season or the close season. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think there will be some uh, goodwill stories coming from this. I've seen one today, you might see as well, about William, the Chelsea midfield, and I think he's basically intimated that if Chelsea need him to play beyond June the 30th, then he will do that, mm. even if it's free of charge. Now, I don't expect people, or, in fact, football footballers can't afford to all do that. They'll have their own circumstances. But I do expect that, basically, just common sense to kick in and everybody to say, well, if the football season is going to run on another two weeks or whatever it is, then mm. maybe one more month, then we'll just naturally extend the contracts by one month. Nobody, no, we don't have any crazy situations where Benicophobe returns to Stoke and ends up playing for Stoke. And yeah, yeah, imagine. Anything, yeah. anything stupid like that. And, and we basically just carry on as we are. And I do think that, that is what will happen. But we may have a little way to go before we get to it. And uh, let's just talk about you then for the for the next six weeks. You are a full time football journalist. I myself was returning sort of part time because I'm still with our little five month old. So I was coming back part time, and I was really looking forward to being back at games on the Tuesdays and the Saturdays. But for you, this is something you do every day. You write about football, so there's no football to write about. So what does the next six weeks have? 
in store for you? Yeah, rugby. Do you like rugby? <laughs> that, um, that's not happening yet either, Greg. I'll get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, snail racing or something. I think it would be active. But no, there is an opportunity I, here for lots of lots of interesting interviews, though, and things, aren't there? You know, I think we need to look at this. Is it's it's an Let's be honest, it's an absolutely awful situation. No one ever thought this would happen. And first and foremost, everyone's thoughts were those directly affected. But, you know, what what can we do to have some sort of entertainment during this time? And it's, it's down to people like you, Gregor. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Well, it's a bit like our regular summer to a degree because obviously we have six weeks across then. So, yeah, we will be keeping you updated on news that's happening at the time. Obviously, there can be contracts and transfer stuff happening all the time. In fact, we've got some stories already, bits that we're hearing and we've got stories coming up over the next couple of weeks. So the football world doesn't automatically stop. I know, obviously, um, the matches do, but um, obviously there's more beyond that in the industry. Plus, we, we'll have um, content looking at the best Bristol City teams of all time and sort of what we call evergreen content, that, that stuff that's that's, gonna, that's non-time sensitive, basically. So, yeah, there'll be a bit of that going on. And no doubt we, we'll be speaking to fans, really, and listening to what they want to hear about and, and answering their questions. Because there are a lot of questions at this time, um, as you say, because it's unprecedented. I mean... I would compare this to sort of maybe what our um, maybe family, great family have lived through in the, in the Second World War, First World War. It's those kind of times. So, um, yeah, unprecedented. And I guess we just have to roll with the punches and see where it takes us. Yeah, it's, it's an absolutely crazy situation. Hopefully it will bring out some of the best in people. And like Gregor said, you know, we want to hear from you. We're going to carry on with the podcast. Uh, if you've got any questions or anything, just, just get in touch because we'll be doing this each, each week, hopefully. If this video call has worked, uh, we can be back Skyping next week and we can get this to you. We can make this an audio podcast for you to listen to what, whatever you're doing. And obviously, first and foremost, our thoughts are with everyone, you know, who's working in the NHS and on the front line because these are definitely scary times and no one's immune to, to what's happening and we will keep you abreast of what's happening with Bristol City. Gregor will first and foremost. He'll be uh, keeping an eye on Benicophobe's Instagram to see if he's training hard to see if we'll be back now for so the first fixtures Gregor at the moment as it stands would be the end of April and that would mean like you said the season will be finishing well end of June. Well yeah they, they've ruled everything out till 30th of April so beginning again in May and, yeah, I think we're going to be going well into June. Might they put Saturday, Tuesdays back in place? Not every week, but some weeks? Definitely, definitely, definitely. I don't know if you saw, there was some, one of the reporters on ESPN was tweeting last night, I don't know if you saw about how Manchester City would have to cram all of their matches in two games a week, and they wouldn't then be able to finish until the middle of July, even if they go from... Um, basically, and that was from, I think, the 18th of April. So pushing it back further, I, we might be looking at we might be looking at mini tournaments for things like the Champions League. But I think at the Championship level, I think they'll be able to get that all done. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, you could be looking at the season completing middle of July, well, end of end of July, maybe have August off start slightly later, and again condensing fixtures. But then you've got to think of players welfare and injuries there's wow there is just so much to consider isn't there it's just a crazy moving situation 
It is, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I, I know just to throw in, I know that Bristol City are looking at some contracts at the moment, so there might be some news to come on that in uh, the next few weeks. So, um, but yeah, we'll keep you updated if we hear anything. Fantastic, Gregor. Uh, thank you from your office. You got your Bath City poster behind, I can see that. <laughs> What's your Bristol City one? Do you know? Uh, that's behind the camera. In the wardrobe there is that strip, the 125th, 125th anniversary strip that Gregor kept talking about. It's in that wardrobe just there, isn't it? <laughs> no comment. Oh, fantastic to speak to you, Gregor. All being well, we will be back next week uh, with a podcast. If this video goes well, if you like the video, we'll do this again as well. Because it's nice to see you, Gregor. It's nice to see you. We won't see each other for a few weeks now, so that's all good. Um, take care, everyone, and hopefully we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Robins on the Wire.